as we're heading up towards Paul's favourite climb, the old Quaramont. And I've always felt that the real start of the Tour of Flanders is at the old Quaramont. You plunge off the Connochterberg and it's the start of what I've always regarded as being the first real strategic point of this bike race, the Eau de Quaramont. But for me, and I've always said it, I say it every year, the race really begins at the old Quaramont. The old Quaramont is regarded by all of the teams, all of the team managers as the strategic point number one. This is where the bike race really starts. To me, the race has always really started at the old Quaramont. But I've always regarded the big start of the Tour of Flanders as being the old Quaramont. For me, it all starts at the old Quaramont, which is the fifth climb of the day. Everybody knows that at the old Quaramont, that's the, that's the climb that you can lose the Tour of Flanders on. And he actually said this morning before the start that as far as he's concerned, the Ronde van Vlaanderen starts at the old Quaramont. The race always begins for me traditionally when the riders hit the old Quaramont. Crowds here turning out for the uh, the old Quaramont. Everybody knows this is a famous climb. This is where the Tour of Flanders always starts to hot up. I've always felt that the start and the real start of the Tour of Flanders and the action becomes uh, happens at the old Quaramont. Around about 10 kilometres to go to the old Quaramont, and that's always to me been the real start of the aggression in this race, the Tour of Flanders. But of course, to me. It all started the old Quaramont. Yeah, and we are back. Episode of the Quaramont of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Quite possibly the best podcast in the history of humanity. We are at speedmetalcycling.com, at speedmetalcyclecycl, on Instagram and Twitter. I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher, and joining me today are, in alphabetical order... Klaus, my brother. You almost you got doing? that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to think about it. I was like, I didn't know the fucking, I had to sing the little song. Anyway, Klaus, how are you doing? I'm better than everyone. And I have to say that that tape that you just played, it's not physical tape, <clears throat> but whatever, is a masterpiece that I still cannot believe has not been acknowledged for the piece of art that it is and the amount of work that went into it. Oh, you don't even know. Unbelievable. <laughs> and me? Well, it, I, I, there is a lot more to that tape, to that whole thing. I watched every classic and semi-classic that Paul Sherwin and, and Paul and... Phil Liggett did from, I don't know, uh, 91 or 92, all the way to like 2010 or 2011 when I did that. And I cut out every single thing that they repeat. That one's just the oh, the Quaramont one. I have one where they repeat different things that they say all the time. No, I, I think that the fact that Yoko Ono gets to perform at the Museum of Modern Art and this isn't played on a loop there is a travesty. I'm trying to get it into the Museum of Modern Art of Western Pennsylvania, and I'm still waiting to hear. At the very least. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how are you doing, sir? You're next. Better than Paul Sherwin, who has clearly lost his marbles. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, but surely not lastly, Leslie. (laughs) What am I fucking saying? Uh, uh, Spirit of full disclosure, I'm drinking Sly Fox 360 IPA, my go-to, and uh, it's already obviously hitting me a lot harder than I thought. Natalia, Natalia, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Good to hear. Good to hear. We have a lot to get to today. So um, if you don't mind, guys, enough with the chit-chat, all right? Enough with the chit-chat. Oh, I'm single today. That's why I'm drinking beer. And I made myself dinner tonight. 
Congratulations. That is quite an accomplishment. I'm a grown man. So I texted my wife and I told her, I made dinner. I'm cool. I did the dishes. She asks me, what did you do for dinner? I told her. Her reply was like, I'm married to a 12-year-old. And I was like, yeah, duh. We have the the chicken nuggets that aren't chicken, the chickless nuggets. You know what you're talking about? There was like Mm -hmm. three or four left in the fridge. I heated those up and I had a banana and a glass of water. Nice. Dinner done. <laughs> Losing weight the right way. Uh, that's <clears throat> anyway, um, announcement, important announcement for everybody. Finally, after asking a bunch of people and taking some suggestions from some listeners and some fans, we are launching a Patreon to help us continue the podcast and also help us grow it, take it to the next level. Whatever that may be, uh, from sponsoring another mountain bike team in Brazil, like we already do one, uh, to traveling, to getting better microphones, to paying off Klaus's uh, student loans, you know, different to things. Up, to upgrading, to upgrading to, yeah, ones with chicken in it. Yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to buy, to give me some money to actually order a pizza. I'm like, I, I, I thought, see, I thought my wife doesn't really like it that I eat pizza so much. Obviously, it's not very healthy and, and, and you know, cheese is not very good for me in many ways. So I thought I was doing a great thing by not ordering pizza. So she was like, I, I great. I married a 12-year-old. She goes, why didn't you order pizza? And I'm like, fuck, I could do that? What the hell, man? I should have fucking, anyway. To any, of our, to any of our listeners in prison who happen to hear what you just had for dinner, they're like, damn, man, that's rough. <laughs> 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 There's people that have been that are being held in a uh, captive in a bunker for 15 years, and they're like, "Holy shit, man!" All the guy. fans in Guantanamo Bay are bummed. <laughs> they're, well, they're like, "Dude, that poor guy. Let's fucking help him with the Patreon." So, okay, no, so yeah, we're launching this Patreon, and I'm gonna tell you when we're launching it. All right, we are launching it the moment that the winner of Pirate Roubaix crosses the finish line. So you mean Peter there. Sagan? You can say it. <laughs> Tombone, tombone. <laughs> no, it's not Peter Sagan. You know what I should do? I should edit that song so that it starts with a tombone and tombone as opposed to the um, but this is his last song, fucking race. But anyway, okay. So uh, the moment that that person crosses the line, lifts their arm up in the air, and hopefully makes a really funny face like last year, that's when we hit the go button and the Patreon goes live. And then if you guys can go visit the site and hopefully um, support us, then that would be awesome. If you don't know what Patreon is, don't worry about it. You'll you'll find out as soon as you land on the page. So and then just keep keep us um, keep 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 an eye out on social media. We'll we'll post all this stuff. Um, I also need to make a correction. Last episode, I said that Giano Savio wasn't Giano Savio wasn't going to be at the Giro because he had been suspended, but he wasn't going to be at the Giro anyway because Androni Giacattoli is not going to be in the Giro. So it's a correction. I misspoke. And a question for all three of you guys before we get going. With so many Colombians winning, like Colombians winning, like lately, this year and last year, has the novelty 
of, of like Colombian wins worn off? Like, are, are you less excited now when, I mean, obviously I'm asking Natalia yes. and Klaus for being Colombian, but. I was about yeah. to say Mike answered very Mike. quickly. Yes. I was never, I was never excited. <laughs> you went from zero to zero. Yeah. Excitement. I, I'm thinking that it is actually getting kind of like, all right. No all way. Right. Nope. No. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a especially, Columbia. and I think this would be true of of other writers that I maybe know a backstory of. Like, if I had known, uh, Sagan is a tough example, but you know, if you had followed him as a mountain biker and you kind of knew a bit about him and blah blah or something like that, that certainly adds to it. So that also plays into it and then i think with someone like gaviria this there's, there's excitement about the fact that like oh he is a colombian sprinter like that's insane um <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i don't know maybe it's just me i'm a terrible colombian i'm a terrible colombian okay mike so, is a terrible colombian I'm yeah, terrible. mike mike is the worst colombian uh, he doesn't Paola, speak spanish Oh, that's another announcement that I wanted to make. I'm actually going to put a page within our website, the Speed Metal Cycling website, where I'm going to explain all those silly inside jokes that we have. Not inside jokes, but, you know, all the repeating things that knee herpes and Abu Dhabi do and Maria Paola and all these things that we always say. So that people can be like, wait, what the hell is he talking about? You can go to the website and figure out how really retarded we are, how stupid we really are. It's just a bunch of idiots. But Anyway, Natalia. Yes. Um, your social media, your social media watch. What's going on in the social media stratosphere? Okay. So remember that last time after you called me the queen of social media and I decided that that nickname was kind of lame, that we should involve the listeners Listen, in I'm, the I'm pretty good. naming. I, am, I know, but I think I'm pretty good at coming out with nicknames. Yeah, man. Queen of the social media is not very... Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's kind of disappointing. My nickname for my brother is midget which is the awesomest nickname ever in i mean history. you gave yourself a nickname the skull crusher i didn't well i, yeah. shit, I cannot really well, and the only thing that no, you can get they told me they, you they told come me, up come with, up with a, queen of social media man that's kind of bleh. okay <laughs> maybe i just I'm, I'm living off the fame that i got from naming my brother midget yeah something like that i call and my brother you know, that's, I think that's a common word used back in Colombia to call your little brother because that's yeah, how yeah. I refer to my brother too. So, yeah. even hey, though the he's guys taller from Smash than... Mouth are still living off of that one song from the Shrek soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> what about that other band, Rusted Root, too? One song, they're still living off of it. Okay, uh, whatever. You're so, up to final countdown. Okay, go ahead. I have two submissions for that. The first one is from, from Paul Castro, I think. And he says, Contecha de la Chiprecha. Chiprecha. Contecha de la Contesa de la Chiprecha, or whatever it is. I don't know how you say Contesa in Italian. Contesa, Contesa. Contesa. Contesa de la Chiprecha. Again, royalty. (laughs) Fine. And then I have Michael Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But he came up with Metalia. That has superhero. (laughs) Like, I love Metalia. Metallia, I don't know. That, that, that's because, kind of winning in my personal competition. Yeah. Well, Congratulations. It, sounds like, it sounds like metal, like a heavy metal band, so it fits with speed metal cycling and everything. It also I, have Natalia, of... I mean, that's a winner. I just need to get yeah. my superhero outfit and I'll be all set. So Yes. Well, you have a superhero outfit. It's called your cycling kit. 
<laughs> That's so funny. It doesn't yeah. have a cape. I need a cape. I want a cape. Oh, yeah, just add a cape. Uh, yeah. But the other thing, too, is that it reminds me of Metallo. You know, the Superman uh, bad guy, Metallo? No? Mm-mm. Comic books? Crickets? Oh, cool. Mm-mm. So I'm a villain. Man, he's get better and better. So yeah, so yeah. That, that win. Metallia. I like yeah. it. I like it. So Metallia is winning for now. So yeah. congratulations, Michael. You're the winner so far. Yeah, and, you get absolutely uh, oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> My gratitude <laughs> because it's so much better than queen of the social media. Thank you very much. Uh, you just couldn't <laughs> live up. The name queen okay. was too big for you. You were scared of the title. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because I love royalty in general. Okay, so now we go to the best in show. And the best in show this week goes to... Ruby Roubaix, because his submission of Julie Andrews singing Tom Bolin's song. That mm. was hilarious. So he has a picture of Julie Andrews. So he has a picture of Julie Andrews in the Sound of Music when they are in the top of the hill and she has the guitar out and everyone is singing. So she has that, and the, he has that, and then he made a little speech bubble that says Tom Bonen, Tom Bonen. So it's hilarious. Really That's best in show from uh, last week. And then we have some people that got creative with the hashtag festival. So there are some submissions from the hashtag <laughs> festival. And here we go. So the first one is hashtag chasing the gummy bear. And that's from Nate King. Then the other one is hashtag rainbow t-shirt. That's from crack, crank spinner. Yeah. And the last one is from Louis Harwitz. And it's hashtag manzana pepto is small. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been best in show, man. That's good. That's hashtag festival. So yeah, so they're like the submissions of hashtags they will use for their teams, I'm guessing. So... Yeah, yeah that, that's that's good. Yeah, manzana pepto is more than that. That's that was good. That's that was good. Congratulations. That's 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 good. That's definitely good. Is that it, Queen of the social media? No, I have two more two more okay. things to say. So the other one is that I put up a, a picture of Sagan in the shower, and oh, uh, yeah. I ask listeners for like, okay, please feel free to submit the caption for this. Oh, <laughs> for and this. what music he was listening to? Yeah. So yeah, and the and the music that, that let's forget about the music. So there were two submissions that were the most popular ones, and I think we can combine them to actually like name the the photo. And the first one is Unleashed from David Dunsil, and then the other one is Douche from Josh Chandler, <laughs> because he says you know that's called a douche in French. So yeah. if we douche couple them together, it will be like Douche Unleashed. So we should. So, so there's people that are friends of mine that are not cycling fans submitting hashtags to this. Yeah, but I will tell you why. So uh, David is our is, is our friend. I told David a story. I I'm an idiot and I tell people stories that I shouldn't because I'm because I know they're gonna make fun of me for the rest of my life about Klaus. I'm sure you remember my girlfriend Stephanie, way 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 back then. Uh, we had sex once listening to Unleashed, the band. Oh. So, <laughs> brings it up all the fucking time. Okay. So First of all, I, the, we shouldn't be discussing this, but people should know that 
unleashed this a death metal band. Yeah, from Sweden. They're wonderful. I love them. But anyway, so he makes fun of me all the time. Before, so before you like, continue, sorry, just because yeah. your name is Johan, I actually Googled it because I didn't understand why it was so funny. Uh -huh. And it is a Christian something or other band. Oh, yeah, I know. There's another. Yeah. No, this band is definitely not Christian. It's oh, actually okay. So I was like, eh, but, okay, yeah. still but, don't see what's funny about when when he saw like oh caption this and put what music this is he thought oh he looks kind of sexy in the shower so he said unleashed but it works perfect with douche unleashed the douche is perfect yeah so that's what the other thing that i have here so we had at least four entries and all of them had some sort of sexual connotation so oh dear listeners you guys are a Horny bunch, I have to say. No, not horny perverts. It's different. And what was yours? <laughs> no, mine was the best one. It, it, it you, the, 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 the type on the picture said shower like a pro. Oh, I, I put oh shower like a pro. Right, I, I put like shower with a bro. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, but that that uh, one didn't get any votes. So I'm just the unleash and the douche are the ones that had the, <laughs> unleash like, the douche. <laughs> probably you and me just liking stuff, but whatever. So those are the two. <laughs> and then I put the picture of Lizzie Dignan kind of doing oh. the contador move with the pistolero. Yeah. And that one has a driven to ride a suggested that should be called L E L L E pistolero. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I like that one. So yeah, that was the, that's it. So that's what we have from here. And I, I don't know if you guys noticed that the guys from GNC are going to do the hour record on a tandem bike, the three of them. Oh my God. And that's going to be in August or whatever. Oh, so I was thinking yeah. if we yeah. had to do something like that, just for fun engagement, what sort of thing we could do for an hour? I think the, the three of them. Thing... A podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. That'll be good. We can do but a podcast for The only thing that came to mind, Joe, will be just sitting on a bike on a trainer for a full hour without doing nothing. Just there. <laughs> not pedaling? The, the hour record of not pedaling once, you know, like oh sitting God. on a bike, full kit oh, and everything. Pedaling backwards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, is that it, Natalia, queen yeah, of it. the social media? Yep, okay, that's all. Thank you very much, Your Highness. All right, so let's get on to races. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, obviously, Flanders happened um, yesterday for us, two days ago for you guys listening. Um, before the three days of the panel uh, happened as well, Gilbert won that, of course, in style. Uh, Matthias Brandl was second, and Alexander Christoph was third. Gilbert took the first stage with super style. He, was... he won it in Gilbert style. Yes, yeah, in like Gilbert so from 2011. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Um, also, <laughs> before Flanders started, my wife said that she wanted Gilbert to win. That way he could get some money and fix his face. Oh, too soon. <laughs> it's too terrible. Anyway, and the, and the Grand Premio Miguel, Miguel Indurain, um, Simon Yates won. I think Simon is the younger of the two. But anyway. Flanders. Let's talk Flanders. Plenty to talk about. Let's uh, ladies first, of course. So we're going to talk about the women's uh, tour of Flanders, which is awesome. I saw the whole thing. It was unbelievable. I loved it almost as much as the men's. But Corinne Rivera, first American to ever win in Flanders, men's or women's, from Team Sunweb, of course, won it and took it just by like about 
a fist's length from Gracie Elvin, from Orica Scott, and Chantal Black, who should have won this race from Balls Dolmens, was um, third. It was an awesome race. Rivera took up the sprint from like 97K to go. And um, I absolutely loved it. It was, it, was, it was all the way around. You guys can like interrupt me at any time that you want with your own um, thoughts. But if you guys didn't see it, I didn't think that Corinne Rivera was going to have what it took before the, before the race even started. I thought that she wasn't even going to make it up the, up the hills. And then when you see the race... She would always be either the last of the group or like just tailing off, and then she would catch back up either on the way down or on the flat. I thought she would be like completely dead by the time they got to the thing, uh, but she wasn't. It was it was amazing. With twenty k to go, there was a group of four um, up front: Lobo Borghini, Van Vleuten, uh, this Polish girl whose name I can't pronounce. Katia Niewadoma. Niewadoma. And Van der Bregen, uh, who, who had like 45 seconds with 10K to go. That's yep. amazing. And then the, the, the group in the back, basically it wasn't even a group. It was Van Dyke just fucking at the front, like pulling a Kirienka or a fucking Tony Martin. Like a locomotive. Mm-hmm. Single-handedly breaks the, the, brings the brake back right under the, the, the kite. The, you know, the flambrouche. And basically puts Rivera in a situation where he's like, all right, now you can win the race. The only person that can stop you is Chantal Black, who hasn't done a goddamn thing all race because her fucking team is so goddamn good. But Balls Dolmens apparently is quick step and they totally fucked up their strategy. And then fucking Rivera comes, fucking outsprints everybody. And she fucking wins to her Flanders and she yeah. couldn't fucking believe it. So, yeah, no, that, that's that's big. And the other things that I want to add are that initially everyone in the team Sunweb, I think everyone was supporting Ellen Van Dyke. But when the four of them went clear and Van Dyke couldn't follow her, you know, like chances of being the contest the contestant for team some way kind of like dissipated. You know, like they I yeah. read some of the interviews after the fact and she was saying it's like yeah everyone was kind of supporting me of course Rivera had orders to try to stick as long as you want with them because if this actually ends up being in a sprint of even a reduced bunch then you are the card that we are going to play and Ellen if you have this sort of breakaway go with it and you know like it's on yours because she is massive I mean she can She's so much stronger than the four that were in the front, but she missed the rake and she couldn't and she couldn't catch up. So her her chances were gone at that point. And they actually on the flight on the race, the the DS actually right radio them is like okay. So now we are just going to bridge the gap and we are going for the sprint. And Rivera is all on you. So it was pretty sweet <laughs> no that she went. Girl. She went from, you know, like I'm going for this to I'm just going to deplete myself and <laughs> work to put you in the perfect position for winning the race. And Rivera acknowledged that after she crossed the, the finish line. She says, you see what Ellen did? I mean, she was massive. She was the one that put me in the perfect position. I just had to make sure that I had to finish my job. That was it. Now, with Bolz Dolzman's tactics is the one that... That that that's the one that still 
is uh, being commentated, and as they, I think people is going to yeah. talk about it for the longest time right. because I they mean, have Van this. They have Van der Breggen in the in the front group, exactly, and which the, gives them the perfect excuse to not work in the in the in the in the in the chasing yeah. group. So and this is didn't. this is what I was thinking that the freaking DS, I think, he wanted to have the the launch and eat it too, because once when I was reading some of the because after the fact, and this is just to say that yeah, sure, after the race is over, then you can go back and say like, oh man, they really screwed up here. They should have done this or that, and then the result will have been different. But the fact is that once people saw that Van der Bregen was giving the order to sit and not work anymore, everyone starts like, balls, what the hell are you doing? You know, like kind of like, on the fly, everyone was like, what is this? This is just not going to work, dude. It's not going to work. And I kind of saw what was going on. It's like, okay, so sure, you're going to let her sit and say, if those other three actually bring her to the finish line, then she's going to smash them because she's going to be fresher. And anyway, she can take on all of them because guess what? She already did it at Brio. That was kind of the same exactly. reduced final. So she could, and she was fresher than Van Vloyden, than a Longo Borghini, and than the Cassia because those three, they were working earlier in the race. So for sure, Van der Breggen was strong enough to take on them. And then on the other side, they were just sitting on the wheels of Canyon and Sunweb waiting for them to make the exactly. connection so they could launch Chantal Black. So sure, I mean, the guy was just saying like, you know what, nobody works. Nobody works, we're giving this up. But once you make that decision, you better be sure that the other girls are completely dead. You know, like that Chantal Black is going to be he's able- gonna, He's going to win 100%, like 100%. Yeah, that, like once you do that, you have to be 100% sure. And this Absolutely. is me just reading that they completely underestimated uh, the sprinters in that group. Rivera, Lotti Kopecki was there also. Yeah. Gracie Elving. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they don't have the, wins that the freaking bold Dolsman team had past season but dude Corin Rivera just was podium in Gent Welbergen and he and she won Trofeo Vinda how are you going yeah. to be that comfortable that <laughs> she's going to like yeah lose against Chantal so that's one of the things like uh, I think my dear bold Dolsman you kind of like screwed it up big time with that decision I, I, I think Corinne Rivera is awesome. I mean, yeah, she's, a right no, she's... Sprinter, amazing. But I also love the fact that she's like the size of like an Ekeko because she's like <laughs> so little and tiny. And that's what I, I, I said that uh, when Van Dyke came and like hugged her after the race, it looked like Chewbacca was hugging R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. huge girl I mean dude Van Dyke is fucking tall and yeah. like broad shoulders and uh, I mean you know Rivera is Filipino she's tiny so it's, it's, it's ridiculous she, like her bike must be like fucking like a 51 it's incredible she's tiny so it, it just looked hilarious and just seeing Corinna, uh, uh, Corinne like crying and stuff and just so much emotion and stuff I don't know if either of you guys uh, saw the race Klaus or Mike Wait, I'm just still thinking, is having a 51 that tiny? I'm that, yeah. Because that's my size yeah. frame. That's the size yeah, of my frame. Actually, yeah, mine is a 52. So <laughs> so what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Uh, she, she rides a tricycle. She's fucking tiny. She's really, really small. I'd be surprised if she's 5'2 or 5'3. No, I think she's 4'5 or something. 5'. Really? I don't know. Four, four, four. No, she's not 4 feet tall. <laughs> 
Five four, me. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah, five right. four, five four, five four. I five like four. her because she's probably my size, so that's nice. Ah. And mm -hmm. Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. I mean, but... <laughs> I just thought Van Dyke is probably the size of your husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably. That's what I said. That's what I should have said when she hugged her. It was like Mr. Natalia hugging Natalia. <laughs> And that'd be accurate. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. no, your husband is probably fucking two feet taller than Van Dyke. Yeah, that's anyway. probably the case, but yeah. Oh, so I, I, I mean, I know that we gotta get to Flanders, man. But Klaus, Mike, did you guys see the race? If you didn't, I super, super, super encourage you to watch it. It's on YouTube somewhere. Just for you. I have not seen oh. it. No. Uh, you should watch it. Definitely, it's a very, very good race, and it proves my point that if there's TV and you know the names of people and the teams, it gives you somebody to root for, then it's exactly the same thing as men's racing. I, I noticed that they didn't have podium dudes for the no, women. No, they had podium girls. What a missed they opportunity! They I, really I, did. Yeah. Jan Wolverham is the only is the only race I've seen that have the dudes kissing girls. Love the love the dudes. Mm. I want more mm. dudes. I want dudes with the dudes. That's what I want. <laughs> um, Chantal Black, did you see that they gave they they gave Corinne Rivera two bottles by mistake? I think so. She had the the, the champagne bottle that belonged to Black. So oh. then Black was like, they were about to spray the champagne, and Black was sitting there like, I don't have. It. And then they finally gave it to her, but it wasn't like on like unscrewed the little metal thing yet, and it was like, ah, it was all messy, and then she tried to spray it, it was too late, and it was just all awkward and horrible. Uh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, uh, okay, two questions. Two questions. Uh -huh. Natalia, you actually know obviously way more about women's cycling than any of us three dudes. Do you think that this is going to have any sort of, that this win is going to have any sort of effect on women's cycling here in the United States? Because it's an American that actually is doing, I mean, you know, this is, like I said, the first American to win Flanders. This is probably the biggest, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, the biggest. No, but I mean, what's her name? Evelyn Stevens won Flesh Wallone? Yes. Flesh and Wallone, look at, look at the sensation that that cost. Yeah. You don't Flanders. even remember <laughs> Mm. I don't so, know. What do you think, Natalia? Do you think it's at a mood point? It's just not. It's gonna be like. Wah, wah, wah. No, I think it's going to give more visibility, but I don't think that's going to. Like, is is really the U.S. cycling for women's here has been growing throughout the years, and I actually think is one of the most competitive fields that you can have in terms of countries. And that was clear. I mean, for the Olympic selection, the teams that got the, the right to bring the most riders were the Netherlands, and then the Netherlands was followed up by the U.S. So the U.S. cyclists, they are, they are competitive. The only thing is that, yeah, sure, we cannot compare them to the ones in Europe because they race here in these wide roads, and that is not real good because you have the small, narrow road, blah, 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 all that crap. But I... I think in terms of U.S. women cycling, the way that they have structured things here, they are ahead of times if you compare them to 
to Europe because all the themes that are for women here, and this is something that when I was talking to Diana Peñuela maybe two years ago when she signed with the United Healthcare, I asked her, why did you choose a team based in the US? Because she told me that was her goal instead of making the transition to Europe. And she said, look, the teams in the US, they are more professional than the teams that you can have, they're like they're equivalent level teams that you can find in Europe, the Italians or something like that. She said, I heard nasty stories of girls having to cook for the staff and, you know, like do. Wait, the writers cook for the staff? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing because they are women, so they have to prepare the meals for the coach and the director. Can they go over and, and cook they... for my brother? He doesn't know how to cook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's that sort of I thing. Baked chicken yeah. nugget. It is insane. And Carmen Small actually like talked about it a little bit that she tried to be there and then she quickly realized is, okay, these people just treat us as monkeys or, you know, like it's not, Yeah. it was completely, no you know, like the misogynist type of, of thing that they have to put up with, but, that's but they not do even, it because they I get to race in Europe. So that's what Diana said. Here the US, I don't understand how a writer has to cook for the staff. Male feel like that's, unbelievable but that they do it because they take advantage of it i mean you're talking about this is a completely different setting that what you have with guys you know like this is going back to places when they think that women are the ones that have to cook and clean and all do and next do time i interview shit, a male pro, can like i just ask him what can i just ask him what's the secret what's your best dish that you've made for the staff yeah, I'm on. And what's what's your secret? Uh, yeah, like, so that, that was the thing. Like they they have a lot of these, and that is something that is known, but nobody makes a complaint because guess what? There is no regulation. They can do nothing to them. If somebody speaks, then they get they kicked out and whatever. So what she was saying is that you don't hear that from teams in the U.S. The teams in the U.S. they are very straightforward in terms of what they can offer you and what you can expect. And there is no like this high level promise of like yeah yeah sure come here and we'll you know like we'll treat you good and then you show up and it's like okay go and you know like cook dinner for us or do this our brother. Yeah. So it was kind of a bullshit. So I think in that sense. Uh, the U.S. is ahead when the U.S. has a race that has both women's and men's version. They have mm. to have the same price. That is something that doesn't happen overseas, but that is something that is happening here and is regulation USA cycling demands that to yeah, happen. Yeah. You know, like is that you have to give the same price to everybody. So I think it's going to give more visibility. Maybe it's going to make a. It's going to make just more women maybe they are going to be more into racing now that that see her uh, doing so good especially because Corin was here until this year this is her first season in Europe so she is like we say like her cycling she was raised in the US so that's yeah, yeah. that's 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 that, I, I just think that they're just going to make the US cycling scene for women just stronger. It, it already is. I mean, you have Connie Campenter, Evelyn Stevens, Kirsten Armstrong. Those are huge names. And then you have this little kid coming up, Chloe, Chloe Digert, the, the ones that won the a team pursuit medal in Rio in the track. So it is big. I will say that the yeah. women cycling here, they have a way you know, like higher level than the men's cycling side so this is just going to make it stronger that's that's all 
Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, well, two points. Number one, I think that one of the issues with uh, the, the Federation, uh, whatever, asking uh, races to give the same prices to men and women, it's like, oh, really? Okay, then we just won't have a women's race because that's too much money, which I'm sure has happened. But no, here's the thing with Corinne Rivera, though, specifically, is that she is 100% American race as a cyclist. I mean, she rode for her college team here in the U.S. and she went to United Healthcare. It's like all American. And that's why I think that is more interesting. And if I'm an American let's cyclist, let's say I'm in high school or whatever, I'm like, oh, I can go to college, race in college, mm-hmm. then move to a small pro team. And then eventually I can go to a full, like all out team in Europe and I can fucking win Tour of Flanders. Uh, I, I, that's the way that I look at it more than like a girl looking like, oh, an American won. How did she get there? Oh, by the time she was 14, she was already living in Italy. That's, you know. Yeah, that's not the, and, and I like it. I was super happy with her. I mean, as if she was Colombian. I was screaming of happiness when she won. She looks, she looks Colombian. <laughs> that's, 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 if I ever run across her, I'm going to ask her like, how many times do people speak Thank to you. you in Spanish out of the blue? If you ever if you ever run into her, uh, you're gonna say, "My God, you're short." No, because I'm already like I'll be at, she'll be I my know. height. I'm not going to I say know. that. But yeah, okay, no, so- it was it was a good win. It was a good win. And by the way, I don't think that the races that are you know like that had the men's and women's that had to give the same price allocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got rid of the women's version. Actually, the guys here are very nice. When they were like this came up, they were like, "Wait, what?" They were not getting the same price money. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, oh, let's do this. You know, of I, course. I, you know. <laughs> I, I think I think the guys, the cyclists in general, would be really good. But the second question that I want to ask you before we move on to the to the men's uh, Tour of Flanders, and um, I definitely want to get to that quickly. So. Uh, is so I did a I did a search for Ellen Van Dyke when I was like and I don't even know if it's pronounced Van Dyke or Van Dijk. Van Dijk. I think it's Van Dyke. I, I have heard Van Dyke. Okay. But... Okay. So anyway, I I, I did a like search for her. Van Dyke. Van Dyke from the TV uh, show Coach. Yes, of course. That's uh, no, not the guy. I have it mixed up. Sorry. Uh, I so I looked her up and I, I wanted to see how tall she was or something, and. Uh, then the first thing that you get on Google is all these like quote unquote sexy photos of cyclists, like girls just wearing their bibs or like covering their boobs. And you know, the typical like Maxim magazine shots of like, you know, Rochelle Gilmore, of course, who was actually was the commentator in the in the feed that I watched on YouTube. Uh, and Pauline Ferrand Prevol or whatever her name is, and Liz Hatch, of course, and all those things. And at first, I thought it was, this is disgusting. Like, what the hell? I'm looking up a, a, a woman, like an a athlete, because I want to know how tall she is so I can make fun of her because how tall she is. And then I have to, like, I'm like, oh, this is such a bummer. This is, like, so objectifying. But then I thought, wait, I mean, Mario Cipollini is all sexy and people Pozzato is all, like, sexy out there. And, like, there is, like, <laughs> nude photos of Lance Armstrong. And, like, you know, there's, like, sexy dudes out there, too. I mean, David Beckham is out there, like, strutting his stuff. Mike and is sexy. Ronaldo and, you know, that, that like, spread that, like, Mike had in Maxim Magazine last year. I love so, how I mean, Mike unmuted the mic when Klaus <laughs> said he was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I have to figure it out, man. That's that's all we need to do. (laughs) 
I don't know. I mean, I, this is a Mike, question you're for sexy. Ones because do it. <laughs> no, I, I, this is a question for all three of us. I, I, at first, my first reaction was, God, this fucking sucks. Not that I didn't know that those pictures existed. Of course I did. Not that I didn't think that, like, that I hated the pictures. Of course not. These are fucking super good-looking women with amazing fucking bodies. Of course I don't mind them. But the idea of them bugged me until I thought about the male counterpart and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If these girls feel good doing this, Listen. showing themselves off and making some extra fucking dough, who gives a shit? It's, uh, without going into it, I'll say this. I look forward to the day when anytime we talk about women cycling, we don't end up on this topic or on prize money or whatever. But short of that happening, it usually is different because of the power dynamics and who the audience is and who controlled the photo shoot and what the product was and the reason why it was done. That, I, that to me, is, is always uh, at the heart of the issue. It's power dynamics. Can you imagine if Hans Groy was sponsoring a women's team? They would be, like, grilled. <laughs> girls on the shower, girls cooking. Man, I was like, this would be a nightmare. That would be awesome. You're totally women's right. cycling. Instead of those horrible fucking commercials with fucking, uh, is it Micah and, and Sagan? Like cooking and showering, it would be girls. That would be good. By the way, I... Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I would much rather see women doing it. Not because I believe that that's what women belong or anything. It's just anybody except for those two fucking imbeciles. Anybody that can speak English would be a good idea. I don't give a shit. I don't. It could be Mike. It could be Mike. I don't care as long as they know how to speak English. No, no, no. You have you didn't use the word. If you have, if you want Mike to speak, you have to say Mike, oh, you're sexy. Mike, Good. you're sexy. Would you do a fucking Bora commercial of yourself cooking and saying this is a revolution? Yes. All right. If the if the money's right, Mike is a little slutty. He'll do anything for money. <laughs> Mike <laughs> might not really exist, but we just have recordings from Mike from three years ago just saying yes, no. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> See? Did I ever tell you guys that when I went to, I think it was uh, Zonhoven, one of the super prestige cyclocross races in Belgium, Spendies won uh, Hans Grow a shower, and they gave it to him, and I was standing behind the little trailer where the podium presentation happens, and to see him go back behind the curtain and just look at the thing and like, uh, what the hell do I do with this? Like, do I do I just leave it here? Do I have to take it to the RV? Like, he really looked at it, and it was just such a sad moment of like, ah, let's come to this. A shower head. Well, they, they probably gives it to the driver. He's like, here you go, dude. And the driver's like, oh, God. Great. Probably, but the thing is, he, he in the last month, he had already won like four. So even the driver, like everyone, you know. Ugh. <laughs> all right so i mean that's 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 it that's it for me and uh, i mean for the women's thing i just I, and you're right Klaus. i it would be really awesome if one day that's not what we have to talk about but what are we gonna do at this point um I, and i just brought it up not because it's like that's what we have to talk about but because it you know i it happened when i was searching specifically yeah. for it okay i um, have a question for you guys all right go can we say that somebody from the ethics Hear me out. Ethics. Sorry. Quick step floors planted some jacket somewhere <laughs> in the Flanders. The jacket had nothing to do with it. The jacket had nothing to do with it. The jacket had nothing to do with it. I know nobody's ever going to fucking believe this because Peter Sagan is a frigging saint. Just like Lance Armstrong was a saint. I'm just saying. 
No, but what's crazy about this is imagine if when JFK was shot, at the same time a pumpkin had like fell on his head or a coconut. And you'd be like, it wasn't even the bullet. It was the coconut. Someone threw a coconut at his head. You can see the jacket actually flies out from behind the barriers when he's already on his way down. I think you need to watch another video that came from another angle because it seems that he got the some part of the handlebar got entangled with the jacket and then that kind of created the, the well crash. listen if that is the case then whose fault is that peter sagans because i mean guess what gilbert had gone by the exact same spot and that jacket was probably in the exact same place and he didn't fall or unless i didn't see him fall like my said come on right in the gutter die by the gutter that's exactly exactly it's just it's just i mean and this is me, not even me because I'm like a, a Peter Sagan hater, but I mean, I am because he, the, the trilogy sins, doesn't know who Sean Kelly is, wears a man bun and grab the girl's butt. That's a trilogy of sins that I can never forget. So I, I, it's not even because of that, but in reality, I don't think the jacket had anything to do with it. And even if it did, he still shouldn't have been riding that close to the barriers. Gilbert didn't, and he won the race. And if they wouldn't have crashed, Sagan would still not have won the race because he never would have been able to catch Van Aber, uh, uh, Gilbert. And if he would have, then he probably would have been Van Avermaet anyway. They would have beat him because he already had just beat him, didn't he? Just Wait, what do you mean he shouldn't be riding that in the gutter? He shouldn't. He shouldn't be riding that close to the barriers. That's like if he ran right into a barrier. Oh, dude, why is this barrier here? The barriers are there. You know that. There's feet. There's advertising things. There's people. There's jackets. There's selfie sticks. What the fuck are you doing that close to the thing then? It's the Just best say, place. It's the best spot. It's, <laughs> obviously, yeah. it isn't. Obviously, it isn't. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, never... I think. I mean, has he? Was he asked if, would, if he would do it again? Of course, he would do it again. That's where you ride. That's if you're trying to catch somebody. That's where you ride. That's where you ride. All right, exactly. And then you run the risk of crashing. And he did. Right. But I don't he think did what, he didn't he complain about it. With him. He took Van Avermaet with him. Well, that's unfortunate. But but he didn't complain about anything, right? He was just like, those are the breaks. Yeah, I don't think he's complained about it. Right. I, I, I'm I'm angry at like the reaction on Twitter. People are like, hey, what, me? If, I... what if? What if? <laughs> I just what? sent an Instagram post by Peter Sagan when he kind of sort of blames the jacket. And this <laughs> information was provided by CSI agent Joshua Rogers. I think he was investigating the issue and he sent me the definite proof I, because I told him, dude, that jacket yeah, had it, nothing to yeah. do with it. That jacket it, came after it, uh, they went down. So yeah, here yeah. is some evidence yeah. that our CSI agents are submitting. Yeah. So Peter Sagan says, I am sure this video verifies the feeling I had about, excuse me, the cause of my crash yesterday at the Tour of Flanders. I was close to the barrier, but I was in control when I felt that something caught my left arm. Maybe a oh. jacket that is seen later. Maybe, he says. Maybe. I think it's one of the uh, advertising things. I would have clipped the barrier with my wheel if I hadn't had my arm caught by the object. However, these things happen in racing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they happen in racing. Oh. I think... I don't think it freaking matters one way or another. I think he, he crashed. Tough shit. I'm watching the video now. <laughs> I think that um, jacket that jacket might have had more to do with it than you think. But then here's the question. How does the jacket end up 
Yeah, actually, people should go and check out Peter Sagan's Instagram video. Because, I mean, you can definitely tell, but how does that jacket end on top of Sagan's bike? You know? He took it with, he took it no, with no, him. No, he didn't. He didn't. I thought Van Avermaet had taken it with him, but or did he? I don't know. Whatever. Jacket. I think it was controlled by remote from the quick step car. Oh no! You know what? It's not. It's not Sagan's. It's not Sagan's bike. It's um. What's his name? The guy from um, Oliver Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. The guy from AG Two R. So yes, yeah, I think. Go check it out. So that's, that's a, a very good uh, angle because he's like from literally right across the barrier. This is the Zapruder film of this race. There was a second jacketer. What was the second <laughs> Back into the left. Listen, can I say one thing that we'll all agree on? Klaus, two U.S. presidents, like like references right there. You got the Kennedy. Thing, I know what the hell's going on. And then you got the you, you got the tricky dicky. But look at me showing off that I know two presidents. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. They both left office shortly after the incident. Well, actually, right away after the incident with Kennedy, obviously. Because does that dead. mean that Sagan's about to retire? Uh, he's about to either be forced to retire or he's going to get shot in Texas. Oh, Jesus. No. I, can I say one thing, though, about this whole jacket thing that I think we will all wholeheart- wholeheartedly agree on? Jacket gate? Once Gilbert went, yeah, it was the most exciting thing. Oh, yeah. That happened. For sure. It was because I watched the race in a room with other people. And once the break went... Then people just started talking about yeah. other things. Right. Like some guy was like, oh, and then my wife is due on Thursday. And then, <laughs> and all of a sudden everyone goes, oh my God, oh, jacket. <laughs> I, okay. Um, I, listen, let, let's, let's start from the beginning. All right. Philip Gilbert from Quickstep Floors, of course, Belgian champion, uh, wins the Tour of Flanders uh, 2017. With matching Re- shoes. With matching shoes for once, and black uh, socks because in three days of the pan he had the blue ugly socks that didn't match the kit. Continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greg Van Avermaet was second, of course, uh, with Nikki Terpstra and Dylan Van Dylan Van Barle, who's uh, unbelievable fucking ride, just ridiculous. You like that Greg Van Avermaet won a gold medal so he could ride a silver bike? <laughs> Thank you. Is that what? was it? Wait. Was the bike? So, I thought it was like the blue. Remember the blue dress? Is it blue and gold? Oh. It, I, <laughs> I don't. I saw it silver. Did you guys see the black stripes? I saw it gold. It was totally gold on my TV. No way. No. No, it's silver. It's a silver bike. It's a silver bike. And if it's gold, is it amazing? BMC can have that one for free. So I'm with Sammy yes. Sanchez, right there, Sammy Sanchez. But okay. Sammy Sanchez is like, how are you giving up the ability to have something else that's gold? <laughs> now listen, um, Alexander Kristoff won the ra- Alexander Kristoff, who is the king of winning sprints for ninth place, um, comes in fifth. Sasha Morlo in the same group, John Degenkolb. People Pozzato, congratulations, Mike, comes in eighth. Eighth. Showing that he's not that old. Oh. We got the Jackson 5 telling us there's 10 minutes to go. Here's the thing. People Pizzotta did not hit a jacket. No, he did not. He was uh, solid. Neither did Chavanel nor Colbrelli. They were both uh, solid. Okay, so I have to admit, I was kind of amazed to see him in that group, Pozzato. Like that he yes. wasn't. Sorry, well, Mike. Put it, look, look, no. Well, let, let's be realistic about it. If that crash hadn't happened, he would not have been in the top 10. <laughs> so. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> 
Probably, but I mean, it happened, and that's just the thing, though. <laughs> if, 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 if. However, listen, you have to think about this. I watched the race uh, for a second time to, to take notes and stuff, and I, was, the break that, origi- that Gilbert originally went went with, right, uh, that, like, uh, Van Avermaet and Sagan and a whole bunch of other people missed. So this is, like, Gilbert and uh, Tom Bonin, Roe and Kristoff and all those people. That happened with 93 kilometers to go at the Muir, at the Muir, right? Now, the day before, the day before the race, Greg Onarman had said in an interview that he thought it was stupid that they had put the Muir back in if they were going to put it that far back because it wasn't going to have an effect on the race at all. He lost the race because of the Muir. So, fuck off. Uh, no, I, I like Greg and Iron Man too, but I just thought it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, but um, you know also what I read? That after they crossed the line, then he was bitching about Sagan riding that close to the barriers and stuff. Oh, and he's like, dude, then why are you following the wheel then? <laughs> you know, like, if that is bad, why are you doing the same shit? It was funny. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that, that's totally true, but uh, I I mean, listen, I, I like Greg and Iron Man, and if he would have won, I would have been fine with it as well. Uh, I, just, I just there's something about Gilbert that I always like, and I think that's the 2011 was it the 2011 season or the 2012 season they just absolutely destroyed. That's 11. And well, here's a, a, another like fun fact about Gilbert. Apparently, he's in a one-year contract and he got yes. a very low salary, and yeah. it is tied to premium rewards. Like if you win something Ooh. or if you do good in something, then you get this extra money. So talking about incentives to perform, huh? Uh, I want to say something else. The seven mark crash. Uh, look up Chuck Norris shooting people. I mean, it's like a little video of Chuck Norris shooting people and shit. That's what happened to seven mark. Little known fact: Chuck Norris was actually in Flanders and shot seven mark. It's fucking hilarious. Did you notice? So what did take him down? It, uh, I don't know. I, 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 never, I never saw. But I, what was it? My jacket. The what? The jacket. The same jacket. <laughs> I think the it was like the the valley the of death. in the road. It's like a concrete road with like oh, concrete. The valley yeah, of scene. death. What's what the fuck? Did you guys notice that a guy? Uh, we've uh, this comes up every season. We end up talking about it. That you can help maybe get the bike out of the way. Help the person if they need help. The professional. But then when they're standing there trying to figure out if their fingers are broken, Just, don't come and like grab their arm. At one point, he's like. Dude, let me go. Like, yeah, I, who I are you? Too. I saw that too. Yeah, help only if you they really need help. Don't fucking take selfies like that fucking dude with Cancellara when he fucking yeah. crashed with his bike and shit. That's no good. That's no good. Um, or was it Kittle? Who was it? Uh, well, whoever. But yeah, like, you're right. not a doctor. Don't try to... There's nothing you can do, really. I mean... If they're on the ground and there's cars coming, maybe stand in front of him and wave the cars. Up. Maybe, but even that's questionable. And then Tambonin, you can play the song later. <laughs> he, how happy was he when they gave him a great new bike? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Three then that one worked, he had right? three. He had, he, had, he had three different bike changes, three different bicycles. Unbelievable. And you could tell he was in great form because the zebra stripe uh, tan line in the back of his neck was, like, sharp. <laughs> He's been putting in so many miles. 
Um, so uh, here's the other thing, though, too. Everybody kept talking about, like, oh, my God, this is so classy. It's a classy ride, you know, whatever. Holy shit. I mean, of course. Of course it was. It was fucking unbelievable. But I kept thinking, like, dude, what about Cancellara? Dude, what about Cancellara? Don't anybody remember what Cancellara did? Cancellara was fucking win in 2010. was fucking amazing. was fucking amazing. Nobody remembers that. Like, what the fuck? So I went back and watched the uh, the 2010 he went much later. Well, here's the thing. This is the day. I mean, I've told this story 97,000 times, but that's the day that Mike and I met. <laughs> that fucking, that very day. Aww. Yeah. Can you tell us the date so we can celebrate your anniversary next time? Uh, I don't know. Rondeau of Lander, 2010. I'm sure you can look it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So I went back to look at it and see how, like, all right, was this, this amazing or wasn't that amazing? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to tell you something. Going back and watching races that are six or seven years old is a little, like my heart felt a little sad. And it's just weird because I got to see and listen to and hear things that I hadn't in such a long time. Skill Shimano, Thor Hushoft, George Hinkabi, mm. Euskaltel Euskadi, Rabobank, Vacan Soleil, David Harmon, <laughs> Sky wearing Adidas kits. When Back until they raising on an aluminum bike. Hogerland. You know, like, leave Hosta. Who even remembers that that guy existed? It, it, was, it was very touching to me watching these races. I mean, listen, if I go back and watch some fucking Johan Museo jerseys. I mean, jerseys. Hey, Johnny Hogerland is still racing. Is he? What? Well, Team Roompot? No, no, no. He retired this year. He's done. Really? It says that 2015 on. That's his contract. Really? He's I'm retired? I'm really sure that he's not racing this year. Yeah. Oh, um, I know that we're almost done with the podcast, but I'm going to open another beer because I don't give a shit. Okay. So, yeah. people, in case you want to take okay, notes. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me finish. Dan and Mike anniversary. Sorry, you were opening your beer. Dan and oh, Mike okay. anniversary is April 4th. April 4th. So, you just write it down and uh, Mike, congratulate them next year. Yep. Mike, do you remember that day? Do you remember what you were wearing? I was wearing a Cafe de Colombia yeah. cap. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Look at you with the good taste. Yes. Johnny <laughs> Hugerlin is... That's the only reason I talked to him. I was drinking it for, for the, the coffee. I was, I was wearing it for the coffee, though. Not for the <laughs> Mike actually didn't you know anything about, that, about cycling until that day. I still he don't. works for the team as a team ambassador. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let me finish this. Who, me? Yeah. No. So, uh, Johnny Hugerlin. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? He was like, Mike, Remember from eight minutes ago? <laughs> okay. Now, listen. <laughs> Here's what happened in 2010. Cancellara attacked in the Molenberg with 44 kilometers to go. But Bonin actually, like, followed him, and they worked together pretty well. With 15K to go, Cancellara drops Bonin at the Muir. And, so, and then he went. It's not as epic Obviously, no, so Schubert had him by 20K and he was never joined by anyone. Oh, exactly. And he did a lot of work in the fucking, in the group that he basically created at the Muir with like 90 some odd K to go. Not even close. Definitely epic. Amazing. The Cancellara fucking race was awesome. It was a fucking great, great race in 2010. But not even close. I mean, Cancellara had a, had a bike change, 56K to go. So, I mean, maybe that is a little more epic guys big I, news so listen i love cancellara but what gilbert did fucking yesterday is monu fucking mental and therefore i'll make an announcement here right now 
I am getting Philippe Gilbert's face tattooed on my back. Not very big, all right? I'm not a freak. Maybe about like seven inches or so, six inches maybe or so. My right shoulder. There you go. Just because of what he did yesterday. He's going to be fucking... He's, there's going to be a fucking like bandana around his head with the Belgian flag. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Guys, I think we should start... Uh... A Twitter or Instagram account that's just called Dutch Riders with pictures dressed up as Fra to Pete. No. <laughs> the most racist. Let's just say that are Johnny Hoogerland would be part. Oh my God. Uh, look it up if you don't know what Klaus is talking about. All right, guys, it's the hour. Anything else you guys want to say about Ronde van Flanders? And I'm sure you will because you have plenty to say because I've been talking this whole time. I'm sorry. Anything? I have a thought. Are you going to get Philip Gilbert's face tattooed? You know what else I'm going to do with this Gilbert tattoo? He's going to have, his mouth is going to be slightly open, and then there's going to be a tongue coming out of it, like the fucking Lion of Flanders, like... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like uh, uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. I'm fucking drinking too many beers. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, If your friends were watching the Super Bowl and you weren't, and... New York, New York. I think that's my cue yeah. to stop. But I'll say this. If you're watching, your friends are watching the Super Bowl, and by the first quarter, it's already like 50-something zero, and then it stays like that, and then they're like, that was a classy win. That was an amazing win. You'd be like, wasn't that the most boring game ever? And that's a little bit how I felt. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Of course it's amazing to watch. But how excited were we all about the jacket? Well... I mean, I love the fucking jacket. That, for me, that was fucking awesome. I but that's what I mean. That was a highlight. The jacket was a highlight. No, Greg Van Avermaet fucking got right back up and kept going. That's amazing. But here's the thing with the jacket. If the jacket, if jacket gate wouldn't have happened, we still would have been like, holy fuck, he's, gonna, he's a fucking headwind. He still has fucking 4K to go. They're closing down on him. I think they would have caught him. I, I personally don't think really? so. I personally don't think so, but maybe. But the, the point being that it made it was exciting up until that point, and then it was hilarious because <laughs> like they were fucking spooning. It was fucking hot. They're like they're like all like oh yeah. There yeah. There was a brief second that looked. You don't follow. You don't follow uh, cycling. I mean, speed metal cycling on 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 Instagram, Klaus, but I Instagrammed a little like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But it, it, it was, and then it was awesome because then the, the the group from the back caught up with the other group and then Bonin and there was all kinds of like stuff happening at the same time and it was just an amazing race and as, as good, as good as the women's race was because it really, really was because you really didn't know until 1K to go really, that it was going to be a sprint. The, the men's race, it was just unbelievable. Of course, I love Philippe Gilbert, so that has something to do with it. If it would have been Peter Sagan up there, I would have been like, yeah, epic, amazing, congratulations. I think dude. it's an amazing win, but not an amazing race to watch. I thought it was amazing to watch. I don't know. thought it was amazing, but yeah, it's a blowout. Hmm. Yeah, okay. kind of. A blowout... It, it, it takes effort to score the first four or five touchdowns. After that, there's not much effort. With this motherfucker, no, but it's like effort the whole time. You're like, oh, I my know, God. Oh, I know. It's not a one-to-one going. comparison. What I mean is like, of course it's amazing. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, it could have been so no, much more for a spectator. If, it, if it's a blowout where it's the, the game is 56 nothing, 
but the losing team has the chance to still catch up at any point, then it's exciting. But you have to score 56 points in order to catch up to 56. So it's it's not the same. It's not an analogy because in the blink of an eye, Gilbert could have lost that race. He could have no, but he, he didn't. I guess I'm just gauging it by the fact that once the break was gone, people just started talking about other stuff amongst themselves and stopped watching. Well, that's because people that you hang out with are idiots. <laughs> oh, these are all strangers. I don't know anyone, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I have people... three things that I want to say. Just okay. Please. Uh, shoot, go. Okay, so the first one is that we are getting our butts kicked in the Fantasy Classics. Oh, of course. The I one that is doing better is Mike, which finally joined the league. Welcome, Mike. Good to have you. <laughs> and yeah, he's in position kind of 20th. And then we are way down after that. Nice. Uh, of course. FOMO Butter is still winning. winning. Then I want to know if somebody out there can tell me what was the blasphemy that the Bora card shouted when oh, yeah. the gay happened that had oh. the right commentators publicly apologizing apologizing and yeah that, oh, that was like anything? that it was like the level of blasphemy yeah, that yeah. they were like apologizing for them whatever no, and that's said, point number said, one yeah. and point number two is that i'd like to thank the producers of the show on sunday great shows both for men and women's so, and women's yeah. good job good job to the, to the producers um definitely going to watch next year too <laughs> i think i'm hoping <laughs> Uh, no, listen, uh, what the uh, Bora team said was mierda. That's no. all? Shit. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. That's no, not he, When he was banging his head against the against the steering wheel? They yeah. screamed something and the Rai commentators apologized for it. Yeah, they it were was freaking sort, out. sort of a blasphemy. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it wasn't mierda. I, I, yeah. That uh, wasn't the thing was... that they were apologizing for, so... If it was blasphemy for the Italians, just just let me know. Thank you. That's all. If it was if it was blasphemy for the Italians, it was probably something about the Pope, <laughs> or or Marco Pantani, which are basically the same thing. If they were <laughs> Spaniards, the sky is the limit because the oh, Spanish come up with. Uh, oh, they are the most bad combinations. People. It's unbelievable. They are the most blasphemous people. But you have to almost admire their uh, inventiveness and their their yeah. imagination. Mike, Mike, can you imagine if someone was really mad and they said, "Ugh, I defecate on the Eucharist." <laughs> yeah, that's a saying in Spain. Yeah, wouldn't you be like, "Oh, okay." I, yeah. and mm. instead of saying, "Oh, fuck," they say, "Um, oh, Eucharist." <laughs> yeah, it's like, horrible. Why did? Why does Catholicism have to be so involved? But in now listen person? to this. Listen to this. You know how there's like, oh fuck, and oh fudge, oh shoot, shut the front door. You know those like for the I defecate on the Eucharist. Eucharist. Their like safe one is I defecate on milk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the defecation part is still there. That that's not a problem. Me cago en la leche. Uh, it's one hundred percent true. It's fucking ridiculous. Spanish people are they invent ways to insult God that black metal bands in Norway haven't come up with. 
black metal bands and everything, they're so evil. Ooh, we're burning churches. We worship Satan. You have nothing on that old lady in fucking Madrid. She fucking, she's been talking bad about God her whole life. That's why I think the, I know the Movistar, their car, they're not going to put a camera because nothing was going to happen in that car except for the guys just sleeping <laughs> and picking up Carlos Betancourt along the way. <laughs> Did Carlos Betancourt leave? Because, by the way, that is a vote. I mean, that just shows what the team feels he's capable of right now that they threw him into that race yeah 30 kilometers of riding around in a pelt i mean he's cannon fodder at this point which is how they view make sure sure you ride in the gutter as much as you possibly can (laughs) yeah it's fine can you please make it into social media that would really help our sponsor (laughs) and by the way the movistar car ahead and the little uh whatever where they throw out the harry bow whatever yeah. Oh, the, they're yeah, going to be throwing out free jackets. The promotional, <laughs> the promotional, the promotional caravan. No, they told them. Well, listen, there's there's this uh, corner, 30k into the race, right? The guys are going to keep going. Everybody's going to keep going straight. You make a right, right? <laughs> Go straight all the way, and the hotel is right there. Like, all right, buddy. <laughs> and there's an airport with a flight back to Colombia. And your son, your son, and your mother, your wife are waiting for you. That's all he cares about. Holy shit, boss. Yeah, I just mean honestly. When a guy won. Perry Nice, and they send him to do Flanders. Yeah, it's not Roubaix, but it's Wait, damn are close. Wait, are you telling me they said here and now wasn't racing in Flanders? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're going to send him to Roubaix. I'm not sure. No, that would be fucking hilarious. I'm putting him on my fantasy team right now. <laughs> oh my god, how amazing! Would and you that know, be? the part, the funny part is that there was a Colombian covering some of the races in the area, and he actually interviewed. Uh, Betancourt and he asked him it's like okay so now that you're done with this one I think it was again well with him what is next for you in the calendar a break or are you going to do more of these classics and he was no 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 this was the last pave one I'm done Mm -hmm. I'm just going to rest and then get ready for I don't remember if he said that maybe the Ardennes or something else Mm -hmm. and then when he was lining up (laughs) in the He's not going to. That's what they told Roger Quintana last year. He's not going to be in the Ardennes. He's not. Let me tell you. I'm just going to crap on this Eucharist. (laughs) Yes. That's what Moe started did to him. If you want to learn really good Spanish from Spain, you have to learn how to say, me cago en la hostia. And that is, man, it'll open And it'll I open want to apologize for, for the blasphemy that this guy just said. I'm sorry, your Spanish <laughs> listeners. Listen. No, I don't give it. I, I'm, the, I'm blasphemous. I don't give a shit. I love, they, I, I love Satan. I don't care. Movistar told Dayar Quintana that he wasn't going to have to do all those races either. Cut to me talking to him the night before Roubaix last year in a motel that, like, truck drivers would be grossed out by. <laughs> You mean yeah. grossed out like because there was no prostitutes? No, I mean just no, the, the, the chicken tenders were not chicken. <laughs> like we were in a stairwell that was like covered in flies. It was unbelievable. And he was about to go do Roubaix and I'm like, wow. Oh, dude. Okay, guys, listen, we got to cut it short. We're running. We ran out of time. I want to say that we have coming up. We have the Shilda Price uh, and um, which is on the what on the fifth. And then we have Party Roubaix, of course, next Sunday. And then that leads me to my next point, which is my last point, which is the predictions. Now, I am going to tell you what happened from 
yesterday, Sunday, Natalia had Greg Van Avermaet winning. Mike had Sagan winning, Jacket Gates. I had Nikki Terpstra winning, which is close, but Klaus. Right on the fucking nose. Philippe Gilbert, Klaus wins one point. I'm going to start keeping track of points this season. I always say that I'm going to, and I never do. Uh, just for just to remind ourselves, uh, our hearts, in the hearts, the bets were Mike, Pippo Pozzato, not bad, not bad. Natalia, Tyler Ferrar, I don't even know if he started. <laughs> Me neither. Klaus, Klaus, Tom Bonin, not bad, not bad. But, you know, I mean, he had his problems. And I had <laughs> Seth Van Mark. <laughs> oh, boy. He, <laughs> and Chuck Norris shot him. What are you going to do? All right. So, Roubaix, I want to hear some um, some predictions. Heart and brains. Um, heart and head, rather. And I'll take anybody that is ready. Tom Bonin with my brain. Natalia Bonin. Oh, God. That would be awesome. With the brain, okay? Yeah. And with your heart? Mm. Dyer Quintana. <laughs> Carlos yeah, Betancourt. Yeah. No, I want to say... Who knew okay. that this was? This is what it would take for Colombians to take uh, part in Paris-Roubaix, for them to be terrible? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, if you're an accountant and all of a sudden they start making clean toilets... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's something wrong with you. Okay, Natalia, come on. Uh, for the heart? Yes. Uh, let's go with... Uh, I forget what his name. Can you take the other people and then I'll give you a name? Okay. Sounds I have good. the picture. I have the face, not the name. Felipe Sagan and Tom Bonin. Tom Bonin is heart. Tom Even Bonin though I still have a thing for Stebar winning that race someday. Uh, but I think he's going to be the Fletcher of this generation, maybe. <laughs> he's going to be. No, I think the Fletcher of this generation is going to be. Uh, Alex- Seth Van Mark. Alexander Christopher. Actually, no, yes, you're absolutely right. Seth Van Mark. All right, Mike? Uh, Sagan and hey. Corinne Rivera. <laughs> what? All right, I'll put you Rivera. I, that's, that's with your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Corinne Rivera and Sagan. Okay. Um, I... Do you guys remember how um, uh, Bradley Wiggins tried to finish his career by winning Perry Roubaix? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. but oh, can, I just bring up, can I bring up one thing before we. Uh, uh, Natalia, pick, make your picks and then I want to bring up one thing. Okay, wait, I haven't even made mine, but you can oh, go yeah, ahead, Mike. While, while... Stand of older. No, I I missed a whole like giant news cycle where Team Sky was getting in trouble with you know all this doping stuff that was breaking. It's done. I know in England during that time. I know, know, which is which is how I missed it. But I (laughs) was there a story where where Dave Brailsford was like all the drugs that were sent, I used them. They were for me. He said something about he had problem with a knee and that some stuff that was bought was for him. Yeah, I, I mean that's as believable as oh they sent it to the wrong address. I could just picture Lance Armstrong reading that, being like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> <laughs> like even we didn't go that far. That's crazy. Um, Bozenhagen. I think you're right. That's the, that's the that's the name. Bozenhagen. You would Bozenhagen. like for Bohag to win? Okay. I am going to go for Bonin and Philippe Gilbert, and mm. I am not going to say which one's in which spot. 
I just fucking think that's not that, fair. What is, is Gilbert doing it? He's not even doing it. Oh no, shit. Okay, then I'm going for Bonin in heart and Tepstra, yeah. And yeah, Bonin in head. <laughs> I'm pulling a mic. I'm going, oh no, that's Klaus. Klaus used to do that. I'm pulling a Klaus. I'm going all the way across. <laughs> Bonin. Tom Bonin is gonna fucking win everything. He doesn't it's all sing along. Come on, everybody. Come on. Everybody. I'm going to be so happy. Everybody is tired. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sing along. Come on. 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 One of the most amazing careers in fucking cycling history. And we don't understand that right now. Because we look at fucking like Peter Van Petergem and we're like, wow. Dude, this is this motherfucker has done it all. And yet if he won, it would still be second best to his greatest moment. When he thinks he did cocaine because he was too drunk to remember. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing is that? Is that the day it's that he so crashed good. his Lamborghini or... That was around that time. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, fucking Tom Bonin, man. That was like, what, 2008, 2009? He was a party guy. Fucking God bless Even him. Even a little before that, but yeah. God bless Belgium. Man, we're way over the fucking time limit, but who gives a shit? All right, Natalia, Klaus, Mike, thank you very much, all you guys. Uh, we're going to be back um, next week. We're going to have awesome unbelievable race to talk about tom bonin is going to win it of course and um please remember the moment that tom bonin crosses the line in that velodrome in roubaix don't don't say it that way because then you know it might be a while (laughs) (laughs) we don't know i mean whoever wins party roubaix the moment that they lift their lift their arms in celebration, and they cross that fucking line, that's the moment that our Patreon goes live. You go to Patreon, you support us, we love you. Whoa, what's that? Oh, my phone is ringing. That's the iPhone ring that I use to wake myself up if I ever set an alarm. Oh, really? That's that's my phone ringing, but it's probably... Oh, Klaus, I do it too. That's the only one one I can use as an alarm. All the other ones might as well be like... Yeah, all the ones are so fucking annoying and loud. So yeah, my ring is that, or my reminders is that, my wake up alarm is that. Well, anyway, okay. So, give uh, us your money, people. Thank you. Yes, help us out. Um, But listen, this is like NPR. All right, you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I wish I could get like, um, what's the name of the guy from uh, um, Science Fridays? Um, Ira. Ira Flato. Ira Flato, thank you. I wish I could get him here to be like, hey, everybody, give. But if you don't give, that's okay. Whatever. Anyway, our Patreon launches next Sunday. So look forward to that. If nothing else, just go to the page and check it out. Uh, look at the uh, the rewards we're offering are pretty fucking amazing. Let me just say that one of the rewards has the potential of having Klaus make you pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> or dinner, if you Booyah. want. Booyah. <laughs> I'm just going to drop it right there, motherfuckers. With that, we are out of here. Guess what? Peace! <laughs> Kule, 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 pe kule, 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 kule,
たこら」